You're listening to The Whole Testament, a podcast putting the Old and New Testaments back together. In this episode, Dave and Stephanie with special guests Alex and Hannah chat over coffee about their journey in the dessert episode of the series, Surrounded by Holiness. Probably the hardest parts of these podcasts are the desserts, you know, because I want to find somebody or some situation that really makes us apply kind of the things we're learning. And so God brought to mind Alex and Hannah. Um, And so we're going to hear about their story and how God called them out to be separated and the struggles that that how that how difficult that might have been. And um, I wanted you guys because uh, I was overwhelmed by your obedience to what God was calling you to, even how difficult it is and continues to be, and you continue to walk. And so we want to tell that story. So let's just start by you just tell us a little bit of who you are. So I'm Alex, uh, my wife Hannah. Uh, I grew up here in Decatur, Illinois, and uh, uh, just strolling through life, trying to make sense of it like everybody else. And uh, somehow, some way, ended up uh, being employed for for you, and uh, I think right away you and I kind of had a connection. But you also uh, were able to speak into uh, many of the broken things in my life, and uh, you know things started to kind of resonate, and uh, you and I just kind of went on this journey together, and. Uh, you know, now we're in your basement recording this podcast. So. <laughs> so. so currently you are no longer working for me. You are. Well, a, I'm kind of like the B team, you know, yeah. like <laughs> I'm in and out. Yeah, I'm not. I am, but I'm not. Uh, I'm a firefighter for the city of Decatur. Uh, I've been doing that for about three years and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Wow. Uh, but It's a long time. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. It flies by. I'll tell you that. So, Hannah, what about you? Um not born in Decatur, but I suppose raised in Decatur. Um, I grew up in church, um, was very active in church growing up, and then um, right around college, I tell people it took like a real hard left turn um, away from faith. Went east. Went way That's east. Yeah, yeah. I th- don't think that that is a unique experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the end of high school and going to college is often when people at least question. Um, and I think that uh, the college experience that I had wasn't very conducive to following faith. Um, so then spent some time away uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, doing, you know, what everybody else was doing, really. Um, and then met Alex in 2015 um, and then moved in together in 2016. Uh, and then he started working for you uh, that right same year. Right about that yeah. same Right about that same time. Oh, yeah. Um, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, he actually got the job with you through your... Uh, Keith. Through Chris. Because yeah, Chris, oh, Chris. Yeah, Chris, Chris and Amanda, and I was talking to one of my best friends, Amanda, uh, is Chris's wife. And mm-hmm. so girlfriend, I guess, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to a point where we were not doing well um, in early, late 2016, early 2017. And... Um, decided that something needed to change and that we were going to give this whole church thing a try again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then now I work at the church. Yeah. So so we go from, yeah. So, so the journey that I was hoping we could try to take just to allow people to go along with us was, is how do we go from a young couple who are not not married living together um doing whatever you want to do however you want to do it and the chaos that comes with that to um the connections director at a church working for the church and um allowing like you're there's so many things that i would like to talk about that changed in your life through the process uh that um, just the way you, the whole way you live your life is completely different now. Right, right. Um, I mean, I don't know how, where so you want this first, story to yeah, start. Let's just but start at the first. Like, what was it that first started, like, <sighs> something's got to give? What was that? What is that look like? Well, there's one specific night that really kind of changed everything for for her and I, um, I mean, I don't know where exactly to start the story. I mean, long story short, in a way, we've already kind of touched that we were living together and our paths were starting to collide quite a bit and we were pretty much hitting this spot where it's like, are we going to be together or, or are we not, right? And and I think you were seeing a lot of that kind of show up in my... Um, my ability at work, I was, <laughs> I was pretty shut down. Yeah. Right there yeah, was a, there was, was a lot on lot on my mind and and uh, so, but I think, I mean, I think that opened the door for you to kind of. So I'm not. I don't. For those of you who don't know me, I'm not too bashful on I, saying. He would come home and tell me about conversations, and I would say. You said that to him? <laughs> like, I can't. But Alex I, is one that you can, can say that. Like, he does, he responds I, to that. I can, I can take it. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I had the, uh, I have the benefit of being the <clears> employer <throat> and I only have a few people that work for me. And so I don't stress out too much about crossing those boundaries of, you know, get in trouble. You don't for, have an HR department. Yeah, there's, there's no <laughs> file a grievance to the boss. I'm, grievance denied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of am the Michael Scott. That's um, what I was just saying yeah. of the office. <laughs> so I, I have the ability to speak and say whatever I want. And so Alex is having all these problems, and I'm basically just teaching scripture to him by saying, well. Yeah, it's going to be this way, Alex. This way it's going to be because when you're living for yourself and you have nothing greater to live for, then what's to keep her there? 
What's to keep her around? There's nothing to keep her around, you know? So being able to speak and say, you know, this is what, this is the way God designed the world. And if we operate outside of his design, then there's chaos. And I mean, she and I both had our own issues going on, you know, I'll let her kind of tell her side of things. But for me, I've struggled with anger and just like anytime I get into an argument, I'm in an argument to win. Like I'm coming at you and it's, it's going to be a fight. <laughs> How do you change that? How do you start realizing that you're the problem and f- holding yourself accountable in and of yourself? That's, it's very hard to do. Yeah. Right. And so the more you're kind of chipping away at, at what was essentially a heart of stone is, you know, things started to open up in my mind and my understanding of you've said this comment before, but, and you, I don't know, even know if you remember it, we were in Texas and you were like, the Bible is not just this book where we go to learn about God. It's who God says that we are. Right. And so like that just like, once you get your mind wrapped around like, okay, this is, this is a book that is like what he's calling you to everything else just kind of falls away, right? Now you're being held accountable because you're choosing to be in the moment with God, looking at the scriptures and you're understanding like, this is, this is my purpose, right? It's no longer just sitting at home, drinking, doing whatever drugs, looking at whatever you want, doing whatever you want, right? You now have this like authority and it's not like, a lot of people get bugged out about, oh, you have all these rules and stuff, but it's like, man, I've chose to be here. I want to be here mm-hmm. because the route I was on was giving me nothing, yeah, nothing. And so with this, it's like, okay, you know, now I can kind of put my feet on the rock a little bit, slow down and kind of recalculate how things are playing out in my life and have a legitimate trajectory like have something that's trending in a direction instead of just all over the map right and so i mean yeah so what about you hannah uh so that's a pretty like changing thought changing life changing moment right yeah so i guess i kind of just remember it as like a season um like I brought things to the relationship from a previous relationship, a lot of baggage, a lot of things that um, I was working through. But like as you were talking about um, realizing you're the problem, I think that I had never realized that about myself ever. Um, And it was like, (laughs) he's laughing, but I'm serious. Only child, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I say it all the time. Um, Whatever. That should have kept that in my bio. I'm the boss. I'm an only child. And it's no. obvious sorry. and very lots she of parts of my like life. We just, I'm just teasing. I'm sorry. Oh, I've heard it's because things. he tells me all the time. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, Apparently, we still need some chipping. But, right now, right? but um, he tells me a lot less than he yeah. used to. <laughs> I, found, I found more productive ways to slip it in there. Oh, um, there you go. You're so more, yeah. it was like always somebody else. I will say that my relationship before Alex was a very toxic one. Um, But even thinking about that and realizing my role in that as well, um, I think 
I just started realizing that like I wasn't the person that I thought I was. Like the way I describe it is that I like had rose colored glasses when I looked in the mirror. Like I looked at the best parts of myself and who I, what the things that I liked about myself and believed those things, Mm -hmm. but I did not look at the things that I didn't like or that I wasn't proud of or those things. So I never really like owned them. Uh And then here I am in my first like, I mean, not first long-term relationship, but first relationship where you're like actually trying to decide, like, is this somebody that I'm going to be with forever? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're like considering forever, you like have to look at some things very closely, and um, that was very uncomfortable, um, and it led to a lot of uh, fights and a lot of uh, just like you said, chaos. And like when listening to Alex describe it, like the best thing I can think of is just unstable like there was just no stability it was never like um it just you just didn't know what the day was it was just kind of just always on edge and um I just remember like I think it was the week before like you had been inviting Alex and I to church for like six months like the whole time he had been working for you at that point and we were like okay yeah (laughs) sure yeah yeah thanks for inviting us no thanks you know I forgot that we're on camera. That's no, going to be great. Um, <laughs> so, um, and we had just had, yeah, like a big knockdown drag out fight. Um, and we were just like, something has to change. I don't know if you want to get to it now or, or if you, or if you, right. Okay. So <laughs> I want to hear about your grandma's Bible. Too. Yeah. Here's the oh, big yeah. moment. So yeah. we're getting, it was, it was my aunt's. That was one. Oh, I was like, yeah, okay, God, we what's, will, what's happening? I was so excited. We will dive into that. So my aunt ends up passing away from cancer and Jessica's mom, Jessica's mom. Right. Okay. And so I'm obviously struggling with that. We are dating at the time. We are living together at the time. Um, this is when there's a lot of turmoil and struggle and tension in our relationship. And, uh, we were at my grandparents, uh, had a meal. Everybody's kind of shaken up mourning. Uh, she died from cancer. So everyone's just kind of dealing with all of that. And, uh, on the way home, we won't get into the major explicit details, but it was a brawl. I mean, one of the worst fights I've ever been in with somebody I love. And uh, that was kind of the tipping point to where we're either done or we're going to have to analyze a lot about ourselves. And she had kind of hinted on it earlier. It's like, okay, if something's going to change, it's got to change within us because you and I both know that we're the problem, right? It's not like you didn't create this on your own. I didn't create this on my own. We're having these issues and we both are responsible. And so we kind of dealt with the funeral and and everything and some time went by, maybe a a week or so. I'm sure you and I are kind of talking through things and and, uh, my uncle who never texts me, texts me and was like, hey, I got this envelope from your aunt. She left it for you. I have no idea what's in it. You know, just swing by the house and grab it. So went out there, grabbed it, talked to him for a little bit. And whenever I got home, uh, she was still at work. Hannah was still at work. And uh, I had, I don't know, half hour, an hour to myself. And I opened the, it was like a manila envelope that had some stuff stuffed in it. And uh, went through pretty much, there was a card that 
talk, you know, whatever. And uh, <laughs> Alex doesn't care about cards. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sentimental details, you know, just my aunt talking to me. And, uh, and then there was also a New King James Version Bible. And I just threw that in the cof- on the coffee table and was, you know, <laughs> thanks, Angie. Right? <laughs> but thank you, Angie, because we'll get to why it's significant. And so I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, I'm either going to open this or I'm probably never going to open a Bible ever again. And so I'm just kind of thumbing through it. And there's all kinds of post-it notes and stuff stuffed in this Bible. And the reason why is because in the card that she gave me, uh, my uh, great-grandfather was someone who had a very troubled childhood, went through all kinds of issues. Some, I never met the man. Somewhere along the way, uh, found God and became a pastor, right? And so... And this is his Bible? This is his Bible that, she, that he had left to her, and she mentioned how significant and, she and, you. and sentimental it was in her life. And... In that card that I just <laughs> don't care about cards. In that card, it was like basically, I hope somehow, some way, you follow in the same footsteps, right? Because she knew I've always been a rowdy kid. She knew I was troubled, not not like in and out of jail troubled, but you know, had some childhood was I was ornery. I was ornery. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, so I thumb through this Bible and stop on a page that has a post-it note in it. And on that post-it note, uh, it said, be ready for the Lord your God or he'll leave you and know you not. And if you've ever been put on the stand and called out. (laughs) You don't remember that or anything, do you? It's right then. You know, when you have the thought like, I'm either going to open this right now and see what it's about or I'm never... I'm never doing this again. I'm over it. I'm ready to just be done with the whole Angie cancer saga. I'm ready to put this behind me and move on, right? I'm either going to open this and see what she had to say to me or be done with it. And, I mean, that that posted no change by biggest thing initially for us was we started, you know, hanging out with you guys more um, and started being around people that were actually living out their faith and not just, yeah, we go to church on Sundays, but like the rest of our week doesn't look any different. Mm -hmm. Our lives don't look any different. Our personalities, our habits, like they don't look any different than anybody else's. Um, And so being surrounded by starting to surround ourselves with people that were living it out um, and were striving to be 
I feel like the best version of themselves sounds so lame, but like the following their faith to the best of their ability and really striving to be more like Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that through um, surrounding ourselves with people like that, I think that um, our hearts started to change because it wasn't so like us and them. It was like, oh, like these people make mistakes too. These people, you know, have pasts too. And these people, but they are here living out their faith and they're, you know, doing it in a way that we hadn't seen it before. Um, And I know that I noticed fairly soon after we started going just, because like we said, we weren't just going to go to church. We were going to like do it fully. And I remember pretty soon after that, just seeing a change in Alex and how, like, I don't think I changed, but I think he did. (laughs) Um, I do. I think that he, um, the way that he approached um, disagreement and the way that he approached, like he was talking earlier about, like, when he would fight, he would fight to win. Mm -hmm. It was like a very, he had a very sharp tongue. Um, Yeah, I I got the wrath of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. (laughs) It's like when he decides that that's going to happen, that's, he succeeds. So, but I saw less of that and I saw much more of um, a man really trying to examine why he acts that way and how to change it. And then through that, you know, when you're both coming at it like that uh, or and not like that, you can tell and it's just a fight and it's not productive and you just end up more upset and more hurt and there's not really any like resolution that can come from it. But, um, you know, we slowly, I mean, obviously we still got in disagreements, but it was different. And I could tell that his heart was different. And that made me want to be different, too. Like, you know, you can't just have your partner doing all these great things and not do any work on yourself either. Um, but, it, but, like, not just me. Like, the way that he would engage with his mom. Like, they've, um, you know had a little bit of a rocky relationship because of who he was as a kid and then, you know, just as a young man. Um, And the way that he approached her and the way that he approached their relationship and, you know, the mending that came in there. And it was, I don't know, pretty remarkable. Thank you. I remember before my big turn east... um, (laughs) that I did have questions and I had doubts and I had things that didn't make sense or add up in my head. And when I asked them of the people that I thought I could come to, it was very like, well, because that's what the Bible says, but it was just like left there. There was never like, let's wrestle with this together. Or like, I'm going to explain a time in my life where I wrestled with that same thing. And this is why, you know, this is where I came to. Like, I remember I showed up here at your house with like a list on my phone of questions. Like, but what about this? Okay, but what about this? And it wasn't like argumentative, but it was just very much like these are the things that hold me back from fully jumping in because they just don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And having you and having Jonathan and other people that are were able to like explain them to me in a way that did add up and make sense and oh, well, I just wasn't looking at it that way um, was really helpful in being able to, okay, like I can... I can do, like, I can, 
buy-in sounds bad, but like, you know what I mean? Like put, put my faith in it actually. Um, and just to be encouraged that everybody has doubts and questions. Like, I think that there's like a, I don't know, like a misunderstanding that once you believe that you don't ever question or you don't ever struggle and you don't ever, you know, do, and I don't know why, because we see that in the Bible that people struggle, you know, like with struggle and doubt and questions and all that. But I think it's just like, well, we don't ask, you know, we don't ask those questions. And how can you further your faith if you don't ask? Right. You know, so. Okay. So like I said at the beginning, um, when I was reading this morning, it said, I took you out of Egypt so that I might dwell in your midst. And when he says, I might dwell in your midst, that's the tabernacle. And in order for him to be there, all these things had to happen for the people of Israel to build the place. And then they have to be set apart. And then they have to do, like, they begin to, their lives now, they're no longer in Egypt doing whatever we want. Now, in order to have the presence of God in our lives, he calls us to something different. He's calling. So he took them out of Egypt and began to shape them in the wilderness to be his people. And so I would like to hear about what that what that was like for okay so now we've we've gone from egypt and we've come to our faith and there was a lot of things that were instrumental in bringing you to that point and so then what how does god take you because i know things that they don't know about you that like the way you're living your life that is completely foreign to even a lot of people at the church that god took you to a new place and and so I want to hear about that part. Like, she's Hannah's talked about it several times, and I don't I don't generally bring this point up, but it is significant in the fact that she and I came to the church relatively with a clean slate, right? So, so our ability to like apply the whole testament is. Uh, we didn't have to undo a bunch of things that we thought to be true. Like a lot of people who are in church tend to struggle with whenever we engage in conversation about why we do the things that we're doing. Right. And I'm, and I'm sure you can attest to that, that it's like, it's almost harder to have a conversation with somebody who is in the church than it is with someone who's not. For for example, then, so for people that may not understand what you mean by for the things that we're doing. So what is it? So, uh, I want to talk about before we get into like all the the nitty gritty of right now. <laughs> Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Um, before we get to that, there was this one thing that I thought was really cool. So you've decided to come. You've you've come to church. You're still working for me. Mm-hmm. We're we're going on these trips where we travel and we put refrigerators in dorm rooms. It's a really random thing that I had the opportunity to do for a while. Um, which I loved to do. They were and fun. It was fun. and Except for Texas. Texas was not fun. <laughs> Texas was hard. But anyway, um, yeah, there were some hard ones. But we got to travel and you get to hang out and you get to have a lot of conversation. And we were on this one and, and there was a few of us in the car and we were just totally hassling you about, so you want to be a follower of Jesus and you're living and you're shacking up with your girlfriend <laughs> and you get so, that anger thing would come out. And he would get, like, feisty with me. Uh. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's the social norm. You ask anybody now, and it's like, oh, you should definitely live together before you get married. How are you supposed to know 
whether or not it's going to work out. And if you just in and of yourself think of how things should probably go, it makes a, makes a good a bit of sense. But divorce rates are through the roof, so does yeah. it make sense? And I'm sure there's a lot that you know goes into those rates, but but <laughs> that's where everyone starts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, that's that's the first move to oh, we're getting serious, right? Now we're living together. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we were on it was Cincinnati, I think. Yeah. Cincinnati and Josh Koskinen, who was the was he the youth pastor? He was on. Yeah, I, I don't know. He switched titles. Another staff member at uh, at FCC that we're yeah. friends with. You know, he uh, the question is, what are you going to do about this? And my question is, what can I do about this? Like, I'm, I'm not moving back in with my mom. I've, I've already taken this step in my adult life of trying to become independent and making something of myself. And, you know, I love Hannah, and I've, I'm really trying to do the right things here. But the place that I found myself was in conflict with the Scriptures, right? We are... We're pretend playing marriage, mm-hmm. and we're not actually. So this was like God's first big. Yeah, test. yeah. Like this he is... said, "You, I want to be all in," and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." All so, right. <laughs> are you willing to kick your girlfriend out? That's what I want to know. Because. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we didn't. We lived in a in a one bedroom. It's not like we had a garage. So, you know, I could go live at. You know, I always tell her as a joke now. I, I, I tell her, you know, you're working your way into living in a 119 and a half, moving out to the garage, right? We didn't have that as an option. And through conversation with Josh, he was like, I may have an idea. I'll see what I can do. And a few days later, he was like, yeah, this is actually probably going to work. So the church has uh, a few houses that when missionaries come into town from wherever, uh-huh. you know, uh, you've had a few on the podcast and, uh, they need a place to stay. And so one of the houses that they had was vacant. Uh, and he was like, I'm pretty sure I can get you guys into there basically for free. You'll just have to pay for the utilities every uh-huh. month. So it was like, you know, 150 bucks a month or whatever for power. And, and, uh, but it's like, Oh, well, here's a God. So doing it a, again. It was an open door, but was it still? There was still probably hesitancy. Oh. It's hard, right? It's hard. How about Hannah? Hannah's- I I feel like it wasn't. Those were our objections. So once those were objections were gone, it was like, okay, well, we're either going to do this or we're going to have to tell everybody at church that we're not. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like we're not willing to do that, even though you've given us graciously, given this. you every opportunity yeah. to make it happen. Yeah. So once we um, were engaged. Um, I, yeah, moved into the, this house, uh, and we lived separately. And it was a really nice house, It was, it? yeah, so beautiful and homey. <laughs> uh, it was empty, except for the, because it, I, I guess, for context, we were engaged for four months. Yeah, so, so it was a short period of time. Yeah, um, but... But it's an empty house. Yeah, so the bedroom had stuff in it, and, like, obviously I had my bathroom stuff in the shower but that was about it um and for the record the apartment downtown downtown decatur is not exactly like oh you don't want to feel bad like you kicked her out yeah like <laughs> that was that like, was a decision yeah there's a lot of it was unsafe there's a lot of 
yeah. riffraff yeah. downtown, and so okay. it was much easier gotcha. for her to send her to the church home. Yes, in the nice neighborhood, in then the backyard to, of the church. Yeah, right, then, uh, to, then to leave, leave her, her downtown by herself, yes. Yes. right, so... so. But so, it, yeah. was, it was difficult, right? Yeah, um, but I think as difficult as it was, it at least, like, felt right. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it was like, this is, like, we made this decision and it, we're, like, we're doing this because this is what we should have been doing the whole time, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I can't erase that year and a half, but I can, you know, try to, now that we feel very convicted and now that there are these doors open that we can do this, then we're doing this. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that um, through, again, like community of people that were really trying to live out their faith that were challenging us to really live out our faith, um, seeing that their lives were different on a day-to-day basis, that they, um, you know, they made decisions that looked different and the blessing that came from that um, like obviously you guys were I think the biggest impact of that um, but just that we weren't just going to halfway do it and so to us okay how do we fully do this then uh-huh. um, that's when I think like the dietary stuff came in and so yeah so let's talk about what are some of the things that God has so he's saying I want to call you to be set apart different which ho- the holiness, holy, set apart means, is what holiness is. Sanctified means to be set apart. And so God says, I've made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So he cleaned up the Egypt, brought you out, and then, now, so what are the, some of the things that he's called you to? Right out of the gate, my hair was on fire. I was just zealous for the whole thing. Adamantly trying to turn my life around. Well, now that I've got traction i'm trying to live a very like balanced and calculated approach because i want to be educated in why i'm doing the things i'm doing right so each step you take god's going to put something else in your path like okay here's the next step here's the next step but just applying it all at once is is way too overwhelming at least for me right and so one of the things that you always looked different from everybody else was the dietary thing, right? Well, Every, I thought you were just saying I was like, <laughs> You look it's so different that's from that's other people, <laughs> right? Uh, is the diet, everybody wants to know about the dietary thing. It's. Okay, so in case you're not aware, if you're just catching us or don't know us that well, um, my family tries to do our best to um, live as close to a biblical lifestyle as possible, which includes the Old and the New Testament, thus putting them back together, the whole Testament, which I got gear. If you want some, let me know. Um, I almost wore mine, too. Yeah, I, I wondered. I, was, I, got a red, I got a red one back here. Here, you can put it on. There we go. No. Um, <laughs> No, uh, so we try our best, which means that we uh, try to live out the some of the rules in Leviticus about what we should and we shouldn't eat. Um, someday we'll get to that but, <laughs> in the podcast, but 
Not today. If you want to know, I'll be glad to talk to you about it. But um, in our conversations, we analyzed all, the entirety of the text and came to the understanding that maybe we got some of those passages wrong, which we did allude to in the previous podcast, but not to say you should eat a certain way, but just to show you the language or the previous episode. Um, but anyway, that whole Peter thing, hmm. how it's misunderstood. Anyway, so uh, we've looked at all that, and so in my good or bad influence on your life has affected the way you understand that in Depends your Depends on the topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it just in, in quick, you know, recap, it's like step one, hey, we're back in church, right? Step two, we're really doing this thing. <clears throat> what comes next is we're living together. What do we do about it? Uh-huh. I actually forgot that the night that he engaged, <coughs> there isn't that night that he engaged, the night that he proposed was our first Shabbat. Our first Sabbath that we had. We had been to Shabbat at your house many times. And this was the time that we were going to actually do it together at our house alone. Just us. And so I forgot that we did that first. It was under the holo cover. It was. It was the best. And then you came over for dessert. Yes, we did. Yay! That was a fun night. That was the best. It was like an engagement party. It was. (laughs) Well, I will tell you, uh, as you're talking, it's reminding me of Acts chapter 15, where they're talking about what do we do with the Gentiles? What do they need, they need to do to be saved? And at the end, it's like, okay, we determined these four things. And it's like, don't eat meat with blood in it, sexual immorality. Um, I should know yeah, all four of them. Isn't huh? it the strangle thing? Yawning. Yeah, don't eat things that have been strangled. And then... I'm sorry. Any anyway, things offered to idols. Yeah. Um, and so, and then immediately the very next verse, so a lot of people stop there and say, see, this is all you have to do. But the very next verse says, for Moses is taught every week from the, from the beginning of time, Moses has been taught every week, every Sabbath in the synagogues. And so the idea is basically the new people, people that have come along, there are some things like we have to get rid of in our lives. You have to get rid of the sexual morality. Right. We have to get rid of that. And then every week, every Shabbat, Moses is taught this, the, the laws, the rules that God gives us. And that's in the New Testament that says that. Then they're going to learn. You're going to learn. And so that's where we live, right? It's like we're continuing to live in what God is teaching us and what we're learning. And so some of those things are dietary laws, which, go ahead. Did you want to speak more to that? I, can, I absolutely can. Yeah. I mean, so I just think because you're right, everybody is like, what's up with this? What's up with this? No better way to be set apart than to be when you're like, oh, I can't eat bacon. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So. Or marshmallows. <laughs> it's in everything. It's in everything. Pork ends up. So in how everything. does that affect your life? So again, here's God. Here's God calling Alex Beery. To be, to be set apart in a way that he's called you to, and you're like, okay, okay, if this is what you're calling me to. Well, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's twofold in a way. It's, there is, to my Christian friends who want to argue, because I am living in a way that is still for Jesus, but different from how they interpret it. And so then there's this inner conflict with, you think you're better than me? 
You know, there's yeah. like this weird, there's like this weird thing that occurs. It's sad that, and that's it's it. and if it's not on the surface, it's underlying, and every you can just, you can just feel like they're trying to understand what you're doing and why, and do you think lesser of them because they don't agree, right? So, to those people, what do you mean those people? To to my Christian <laughs> friends. I have found a way to illustrate my point that is all about Jesus, and I can kind of bring the Old Testament to life without being like, you guys have to be doing this. You're messing up. So to me, when they ask me an engaging conversation about stuff like that, it's like, I have to eat every day, right? And so what better way for me to remember that I am under an authority? I am constantly trying to strive and follow God and keep him at the forefront of my life than to remember every time I put something, every time I put something <laughs> on my plate and am going to eat it, I have to think about what it is and why. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So Jesus is constantly at the forefront. Yeah. Of my life because every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Except on the days that I have to fast. <laughs> and it, and for you it's 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 intensely different because every third day Right, right. I am on shift at the fire department and pork is the pastime at the firehouse, <laughs> you know. Like I am such an oddball there and being a new guy if you don't know much about firehouse life it's very military hazing you get a lot of grief from the old guys they're pushing your buttons to see if you're gonna take your ball and go home can you hack it you know what i mean and yeah. it's like they are gonna find your weakness whatever it is and they're gonna exploit it they want to know what makes you tick and i walk in the door and i'm different and well, for other reasons too. <laughs> yeah, I just see. And so, generally, somebody is cooking. We we do breakfast and dinner. You're kind of on your own for lunch. Um, but some stations will have an all time cook. Like everywhere I've gone, you've kind of rotated, right? And so, if it's somebody else's turn to cook, if I'm not cooking, they have to prepare something different or less for me, right? They'll leave out the pork product. Uh, and I've gotten to a point with a lot of the guys now that I have this relationship with them, and they might still crack jokes, and it's no big deal, but uh, they kind of respect those boundaries. And But for a while, I was a big inconvenience, right? I'm the new guy, and suddenly I'm changing everything, and I'm just this huge burden on everybody. And and uh, it was it was difficult. Is there a is there a blessing or a way you see God working through this by you being set apart like that? I think I don't know if it's directly related to the fact that I don't eat eat pork, but I think the way that I go about things uh, and that my life I'm not just another generic Christian. They they have. They have those people in their lives, you know, and I'm not taking I'm not taking away from anybody who is desperately trying to uh, live their life the way Jesus has called 
called them. That's not that's not my intention or or whatever here. But like you know, we have a department chaplain who's also he's a lieutenant on the job. He does a phenomenal job. Uh, he and I had a conversation. Uh, he just happened to be working overtime or traded shifts or something. He and I had a conversation that was probably two or three hours because he had heard that I was, you know, Jewish, which <laughs> which I had to, you know, kind of restructure that in his mind because while we do... Because you're not Jewish. Right, because we do a lot of things that are Jewish. Jewish, yeah. where I'm not Jewish. I'm just... I'm just some guy from Decatur, Illinois, who's trying to live the Bible. Yeah, who's trying to figure out what God actually wants from me. And uh, so once we kind of worked through those things, he and I illustrated my point earlier about how I use the the dietary thing to be like, oh, this is how I keep Jesus at the forefront of my life. Once we get through that, and he realizes, like, I'm not judging him in any way, then we can start to approach what the scriptures actually say yeah. or what I think they say, yeah. right? Right. So uh, once you get past the point of that, like, why are you different? And I feel uneasy about it. Once you get that relationship with people, which anytime someone is like, tries to bring up, oh, he's pretty religious, like, I'm very quick to shoot that word down. I'm not a religious person. I think there is like this weird, tainted viewpoint on the word religious. And I'm trying to have a relationship with God. I want God to directly be involved in the decisions I'm making. I don't want it to be like, oh, I have to do this. And I think like religious and legalistic yeah. become synonymous in a lot of people's minds and yeah right so it's like now that they see i'm trying to have this relationship with god i also have a relationship with them to where the conversation then segues into let's talk about the scriptures Mm -hmm. you know what i mean now that now that we know we're not in disagreement i'm not telling you you're wrong Whatever. Let's just let's just talk about the scripture. Let's have a conversation, not an argument. Yeah. So. Well, and I think you know, in you guys, don't, I haven't released the episode, so you don't know what comes before this. But it's perfect because you know we're talking about how, like, in the appetizer that comes out in just a couple of days, uh, how like God has called us, like this, the the way God set up the tabernacle, He's got the nations and He's got His people Israel, and then in His people Israel, He's got the Levites, and the Levites' job is to guard the tabernacle and protect the people. And so, you are you have that amazing opportunity to be that buffer that you represent God to the people, and you help you have that. You're doing a great job, and I'm sure it's extremely difficult, but people, when they see you, they're going to see who God is, right? And so it's that, a, that's a heavy burden. It's a crazy <laughs> burden, but that's what, he, that's what he calls us to. And um, being distinct in just even just the things like, so what I think that we've struggled with in the New Testament majority 
of our faith being New Testament based is uh, we tend to have a bunch of statements of belief. I believe God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit re- died, resurrected, and there's some things I don't do, but it's not like our faith actually affects drastically the way we live. But when you bring in like the entirety of the scriptures, it now changes every decision that you make. It now, like, how I live my life is now determined by what the scripture says. And that can be very difficult, but what that does is helps us, like, when we're living our lives based on what God has said, it sets us apart. And it forces those conversations. Like, you would never have had the, you would not have had to tell anybody anything. That's what I was going to say is that it's just such a, like, okay, how do I talk about my faith without sounding, like, I feel like it's it's still intimidating to me to talk about faith with people, um, especially people that knew me before, you know, like I was, we were following this path, but um, when they're asking you about an action, that's different to me than just being like, let's talk about Jesus, you know, and like, just like randomly bringing it up or like, hey, let's talk about what you're doing that's not great. You know, like there's no, uh-huh. it's a different conversation when somebody's like, so why do you do that? Well, this is why I do it. Yeah. And this is why it's changed my life. And this is, right. you know, like it gives you an opening in a way to. Having these things in your life like turns people's heads towards you and they get curious about stuff as opposed to being the guy out on the street corner with an abortion is murder sign and yelling at people. You know what I mean? There's like this, that's the kind of stuff that's not working. That's, we are failing as Christians when we are, we feel like we're doing the right things and maybe there is good intentions behind it, but you're alienating so many people who otherwise probably need a lot of your help and attention and insight and because we're being judgmental and pushy instead of just letting your life be the example we're losing people we're losing the war and so it's to me i have that opportunity every day to just be a little bit different so when someone is having a weird day and they need to ask a question i'm probably the guy yeah i'm probably the guy so and um, I, I think when we first started kind of studying all this and learning all this, um, one of the passages that really jumped out to me was, I think it's Deuteronomy 4. It says, um, the nations around you will say, or the nations will see what a wise and understanding people because of such righteous laws and decrees. Is this in Deuteronomy? And, yeah. And how, I just read this. Yeah. How close is our God to us because of this? And I think that's the thing that God calls us to, be set apart, to be different. And he says it through such... Now, it's not about, like, I, for our Christian friends, you know, that may not have those individual conversations with us. They may just be listening to this podcast. Um, God called you out of Egypt... And you are his people. We are his people. He called us out of sin as his people and then desires to make us holy. So our being his people 
being saved and followers of Messiah, followers of Jesus, is not determined by what we do, but the effect, I think the effectiveness of his will in our lives and our effectiveness to adequately represent him is based on now. What do we do? Just like Act 15, it says, there's some things you have to stop. There's some things you just have to stop doing because they go in direct contrast to who God is. And then the rest of this, let's work it out. Let's get in community. Let's work it out. Let's figure out what it means to follow him so that the world around us will say, look how close their God is. Look how wise and understanding. And I think for, for you, like I know for me, we were in a shower together. <laughs> <laughs> Many times. Working, Many times. Demoing a, a shower and putting <laughs> tile back up. I'm a residential contractor. But we're in the shower and he's complaining or struggling with this woman and what do I do? And I just don't know. No, 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 no. woman you put me with. Right. And <laughs> I was able to say, you know, the wisdom that came from the scriptures to bring, to make it make sense to be like, dude, you, you got to, this got to change. You got to do these things. You got to, you know, to be able to point toward God and the wisdom that scripture came brought truth into this experience. And it wasn't me. I mean, it was God, obviously, like you said, putting all of these things together. But. Right, right. We've we've rattled off a, a number of things that had to be in the right place at the right time. And so, what would you say? Okay, just so as we wrap this up, what let's let's just say one thing that most people would be like, what that has been a struggle for you, but has turned out to be a blessing. The to me, the blessing is the conversations that come from both. Um, are striving to keep the Sabbath uh-huh. and our decision to more closely follow the dietary laws. Um, just just going about your life and people ask why you're doing that and why you, like that. Like I said, that door that's open to a conversation that probably wouldn't be mm-hmm. before. Um, but I also just personally, the blessing in the food thing is that it does keep my faith. I think it's really easy to be distracted and Mm -hmm. to not focus on your faith unless something's going bad. Like when everything's going good, it's really hard, at least maybe for me to really focus on God and what he's done for me and, you know, how far he's brought me and brought us and all those things. But when we're doing this, you know, like Alex said, like every time you eat, you're thinking about this, you know, like, We'll even bring stuff into the house, and I'm like, that seems questionable. So I'm gonna read the fine print that my husband does not like to read I to hate make you. sure. I hate to you. make sure to make sure. She's like, "There's oyster sauce in this." I'm like, "What is oyster sauce?" Because <laughs> it's like the fiftieth ingredient on the list, and he's like, "Whatever." Um, but I just it's the the blessing that comes from not doing it halfway, I guess, to me, like yeah. to be able to have things that are tangible and remind me of our journey um, has been a big blessing. And then I think also, um, you know, like obviously the New Testament church is old, you know what I mean? Like it has thousands of years. Yes. But to be connected even further back, Uh. like when we do Passover and I'm thinking about 
how many other people are sitting down at that exact same time yeah. doing the exact same thing because their ancestors have done this for how many, like the, like, I think you brought up in a previous podcast, the, um, the blessing that you guys say at Shabbat about giving us a heritage and like the identity mm. that comes mm. from that. Like that's so cool. Yeah. And, and different, I guess, to uh-huh. me. And so I think that that is something that can get kind of lost. Yeah. And I'm, it, I think it's so special. So to be able to be a part of that, yeah. you know, um, to be reading the Bible and, and read them preparing for holidays that we celebrate. And, you know, like, uh-huh. it's like, this is cool. Like this, we're a part of this, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think that for me. That's awesome. I mean, Sabbath is Sabbath is huge. Sabbath is very difficult. It's probably been the most of all the things that I've tried to do because I felt called to and try to do them correctly. Sabbath has been the most difficult. It's Saturday during the day. It's hard. Yeah. Friday night. Friday is not night hard. dinners. I love Friday night. Friday mm-hmm. night. Awesome. Total blessing. Saturday. Everything fun in America happens on Saturdays, <laughs> it's man. It's true, especially when you're college sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a huge, I'm a huge Illinois fan for about six or seven weeks in the fall. Sabbath gets pretty hard, uh, and I struggle with what I can and can't do on that day, and probably fall really short most most weekends that there's a home Illinois football game. <laughs> So there's bring, there's bringing the uh, the reality of of this the Christian struggle you know into into focus. I'm not I'm not somebody who's just hitting it out of the park and and uh, doing all the right things. You know, there's it's a journey. To answer your question, uh, the holidays have just been so fun for me, and you know now I'm kind of getting into the holidays full swing and really trying to understand what they mean and the significance of them. And most of the holidays that I used to care about just kind of falling away, yeah, right? Yeah, you, there's that. starting to be it's some funny, some holes are... poked in, in the, yeah, don't the, name the, any. In the <laughs> theology and the significance of some holidays, right? You know, Fourth of July is still cool, but... <laughs> It's just, uh, yeah, the holidays are so much fun. Like, they just, you look forward to them. The kids, lo- like, my kids your doesn't really kid. get it right. But your, <laughs> your older kids, watching it, like, the joy that comes at the holiday season is so much fun to be around. And I was telling one of my really good friends yesterday, like, because he was asking, what was that dumb thing you built on the back of your deck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was uh, like, our neighbors are gonna think we're crazy. Yeah, like, right? just what? set apart. He was like, what was that about? Crazy, yeah. set apart. Because yeah. I was fine line. I was, I was telling him I'm gonna have to tear down my deck and I'm gonna pour a patio. And I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do for my suka this year. And he was like, was that that dumb thing you, you know? <laughs> and uh, I was like, dude, it's so much fun. Like, I look forward to that time of the year every year now, and it's like. Those are the things that make the struggle of the day in and day out worth it. Like that's when the like 
God in your midst comes alive. Yeah. It's like you are, you can like exhale, like, oh, this is it. This is, this is when it's all over, when, when the Bible is in full fulfillment. Yeah, that's it. It's holiday season, Which man. Which is exactly, see, so yeah, this is the, this is the tabernacle, right? It is God's presence is in our midst, but there's so much that we're, sets us that drags us away from and prevents us from coming into that full fulfillment. And these, so they're just shadows, they're pictures. Like that's what Paul says. These are shadows of the things that are to come, still to come. Not that were to come and that have been done. They are shadows of things that are to come. The temple is the same way. It's like, it's this picture of God's presence in our midst and how he's just calling us, right? And that's the beauty of it. He's calling us. And I would say to everybody who's listening and, and encourage you as well, when he's calling, you know, that's when you move. That's when you move. It's when we hear him calling and decide to turn and go the other direction that is when it's a problem. Um, and there may be those inner turmoils that we are wrestling with. And if you're not, if you're not wrestling with something, then we're not listening because he's constantly calling us. Right. There are always levels of closer levels and closer levels till we get in to the closest point. Right. And he's drawing us in that. And Jesus is saying, you know, I've paved the way for you. You just go, you got to follow. You got to come. I've made you perfect. So, your struggle with Shabbat is not eternal. <laughs> you know, Thankfully. I still struggle Thankfully. with Shabbat. You know, it yeah. was, I still struggle with how we do it, you know, and it's still that, that calling on your heart that he's calling. And so, um, my encouragement in all of this would be keep listening, keep struggling, keep pushing, right? And the blessings, I mean, can you imagine? what life would look like if we rewound to 2016 and did not listen to the call. I don't think... I don't know, man. I don't know what it looks like. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Let me just pray. I just feel like I just pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come together again and just sit down with some good friends. I'm so grateful that you brought Alex into my life and thus Hannah... And I'm uh, overwhelmed at um, just your call on their life. And I'm so thankful that they were willing and uh, just stepped out and said, okay, whatever it is you're calling us to, we're going we're gonna to go that way. And I just pray, God, that you would just continue to bless them. Pray that you would bless their little Gwenny as she grows up, um, that uh, you would just have your hand all over her life and all over her parents' lives as you draw them closer to what it means to be set apart by you. And I just pray, God, for um, anybody who might be joining us that even in this moment, your Holy Spirit would begin to speak and tug and say, hey, listen, I have better things in mind for you. I have greater desires for your life than what it is you're doing. And so I pray, God, that you would just begin to tug on their hearts and that they would have the strength and the courage to step out and be different and be 
set apart. And I pray, God, that you would, in your amazing way, just bring blessing after blessing for each person's willingness to follow after you. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Whole Testament. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so share the show with your friends and family. Be sure to leave a rating and review. We're also now on YouTube, so smash that like button. You can also find all our episodes on our website at thewholetestament.com. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Stare at the microphone like that. <laughs> Is this what you do on a podcast? <laughs> you look at the microphone. <laughs> <laughs>